The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbein. We got Mike Bash. We got Dennis Clausen, a.k.a. Dennis Stradamus. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Alex? Uh, we like the new background, a little new new house check over there. Yeah, seriously, it's it's nice to finally move in. I don't have those giant green things in the background. Everyone anymore. thought it was like a you know giant weight uh, weight, weight set, and you were left in <laughs> eight hundred pounds over there. But no, it was packing tape. Yeah, you know, I got Aaron Donald at my house as my personal trainer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, obviously, we're here to talk some basketball and. Before we get to the LeBron James fight and everything, let's talk some Golden State Warriors. These guys are legitimate threats right now. They're they're, they're playing out of their minds, especially Steph Curry. Um, right now, even Steve Kerr is top of the leaderboard, so to say. Uh, according to BovadaSportsBook.com, he's the highest odd for coach of the year. He's at plus 600. What are you guys feeling about? about Golden State. They look incredible. And it's, you know, they have a they have the little uh I don't know what the word I'm looking for is they have Clay Thompson still to add to this team. Now Clay Thompson's been out two years. I'm not expecting Clay Thompson to be what he was two years ago. But even if you could just add another shooter, another reliable player, even if he's 60% of what he was. That's a monumental ad for that team. It adds another layer to their offense. And I think the sky is the limit. I mean, they're 15 and two right now. I, I don't know where that stacks up. I, I, they're probably oh, behind the 73 and nine team in terms of pace, but could this team win 65 games? Like, is, is that, you know, could they push 70? I, I don't think they'll win 70. Um, through 17 games to so 17, 34, 51, 68. So you're looking at a through 68 games are on pace for eight losses, right? So that's 60 and eight. Could Which they go 70 and 12? Is that is that attainable? I mean, if you combine the fact that Clay Thompson's not even back yet, it definitely and could be. I know they're going to hit a rough stretch at some point, but if you told me Golden State was going to be 65 and 17 this year. Nobody would have believed you. No, not at all. And for all of those listening, if you hear dog sounds in the background, my dog is locked in with me because the girlfriend is out. So he needs to be locked in here. <laughs> That's all right. Everybody loves dogs anyway. So true. People... Just in case anyone thinks I'm hurting him or not, he's not hurt. <laughs> He's like he he. You're just gonna hear some whining, just like you hear, you know, after Mike gets his ass kicked in our fantasy basketball league uh, this exactly. week. Exactly. But Dennis, what do you think about Golden State? Yeah, they're they're shit hot right now. And and by the way, I just got a 
fresh trim, fresh cut. So I'm looking pretty good as usual. But so you're feeling like Golden State. <laughs> I'm feeling like Golden State. The everything's lining up pretty well. You know, the the Nets are playing well, but the Warriors, I mean, who who the hell would have ever imagined that this team would play this well? And it's even scary to think about they don't they don't have Clay Thompson back. Clay Thompson is projected to be back a week before Christmas. Now there's going to be obviously it's going to be a, a a cap on his minutes probably for a while, but any way that you can get him on the court in any capacity because we forgot people forget just how good of a player this guy is. This guy's a great shooter. He's a great defensive player. Clay Thompson is the real deal. And the only reason why he's not considered a bigger star in this league is because Steph Curry is so damn good that he just overshadows him. But if Clay Thompson, once he gets back up to, to, to shape and actually is ready for a full workload, and the Warriors are going to be crazy. And then we also forget that James Weidsman, even though I've never been really high on him, but that's not going to hurt either to have him back. So, yeah, this team's real the real deal. And, and what I find even crazier is I'm, I'm sitting here looking through advanced stats, looking through any stats I could find, team stats. They're the number one scoring offense. They're the number one ranked defense. They're one of the best rebounding teams in, in, the, in the league. They're one of the best – um, steal and block teams in the league, and they are giving up the least amount of points in the paint. So they have rim protection. They got shooting. They got they can guard on the perimeter. I mean, they they could. It's there's not their their biggest weakness is their 14th in blocks, but or or uh, maybe not blocks. It was I think it was I forgot what it was, but I'll, I'll try to get back to where I was. They, they they're they're good at everything. Like their worst stat is 14th, and everything else is like top five. Yeah, and uh, Jordan Poole looks in line to to be most approved player of the year. He's playing out of his mind. That guy's a. It, it, we were talking about him too, possibly being sixth man of the year and things like that. And we we had foreseen and and expected this exact situation to play out as it is that once Clay gets back to the mix, Jordan Poole is going to be likely heading back to the bench. So uh, the the Warriors are probably in line to start when they're fully healthy. Wiseman, Green, Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, which is a pretty damn good lineup. And then when you have guys like Jordan Poole coming off the bench, which is, like I said, going to be the most – probably the most approved player of the year – uh, possibly could be in line for a sixth man of the year award. Uh, Steph's brother-in-law, Damian Lee's playing, playing pretty damn well. Kevon Looney's playing well. The whole team is playing good. And then actually too, we, we didn't mention how, uh, just how well Draymond Green has been playing. He's actually staying healthy for lunch, which has been huge for them. So everything is lining up for the Warriors. There's to, one guy Dennis is failing to mention. <laughs> No, go ahead. I mean, the guy I'm, with his favorite nickname in the league. <laughs> that's that's your favorite nickname. <laughs> I mean, but even Jonathan Kaminga, I'll call him by his full name. You the know, cum he, bucket. The cum bucket. He's looking like a good rookie 
wing defender, athletic guy. You know, you're not going to get 30 minutes a night out of him right now, but he can play in spurts. He's going to be useful when the playoffs come around and you need to, you, you know, you need to really lock down some of these wing scorers in the West. Um, but at 15 and two, I mean, this, this, this is shaping up to be another special season. And, and people were sitting there, you know, saying Steve Kerr, oh, maybe he's not really that good of a coach. No, this is yeah, yeah. Stephen Curry is having an amazing season, but you don't you don't rebound like this without a good coach. And, and Steve Kerr is proving that he is one of the best coaches. And just to say, in both the Western Conference and Eastern Conference, both teams are led by coaches who are former point guards with the first name Steve. Steve I could Kerr, sleep better tonight. Steve Nash, just saying. <laughs> Steve Clifford's still out there. Somebody go hire him if he doesn't have a job already. I can't think of any <laughs> other Steves, but Steven Silas. I will sleep a lot better tonight on my uh, – I bought a wedge pillow. So oh, yeah, there you I'm go. More on, uh, you know, more on top of my game. But anyways, too, we're forgetting as well, Gary Payton II. He's been great. Just so what, 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 what would his nickname be if his dad was the glove? Is he like the mitt? I heard he was the mitten. The mitten, okay. I, you know, I That's what I've been was, hearing. If it don't fit, you must, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and now, you guys were bringing up Jordan Poole, too. I mean, Jordan Poole has the seventh highest, well, actually tied for the sixth highest odds, according to Bavada, for most improved player. He's he's tied with Anthony Edwards at plus 2,500. And then in sixth man of the year, he's up there in the top 10 as well at plus 3,500. So, Those are great. Like, you got you have to consider that. Oh, I would throw $5 down and get a good bit of change out of that. And then uh, last but not least, we, you know, Iguodala's back in the mix. So, like, they're they're just doing everything so well and they're meshing so well together. That team is, yeah, look out, especially when Clay comes back. When Clay's healthy, it's going to be tough. And it just goes to show you just how, and it's mostly too led by Steph Curry, who's probably the best player in the league right now. True. I mean, Steph, there's just been multiple games already that I'm like, okay, this feels like unanimous MVP season, Steph. And he, I think he solidified it even more, even though he's not, he's not, his, his scoring averages aren't as good as, as KD's is, but by when you go into Brooklyn and you beat the Nets, that pretty much, uh, and not only did they beat the Nets, but they shit stomped them. So that right there, you make a pretty damn good case to be the MVP, in my opinion. Oh yeah, completely agree. Um, I mean, a lot of people on the team are making good cases to be the top of everything right now. So, um, I mean, this is definitely a team that I would not want to play at any point in the playoffs at all. So they're 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 looking great. Um, Let's transition that into probably the biggest news in the last week. Um, LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart. They got in a big fight. Well, Isaiah Stewart tried to really fight him. Um, no, that's that's bullshit. LeBron started that thing. Oh, no, I agree he started it. But I'm just saying throughout the actual like fight part, Isaiah was just going at him. I don't blame him. I don't. Oh, I, I don't absolutely either. don't. So here, and, and your dog doesn't. You know, he agrees. So 
Here's the thing, too. I saw Isaiah Stewart back in, you know, he, he almost got into a, a, a match with uh, Isaiah Stewart a couple weeks ago. Him and Blake Griffin uh, almost got into it. And Isaiah Stewart is a scary-looking dude, right? So I was like, this piece of shit, like he's starting to go against Blake Griffin. Who the hell does he think he is? So naturally when I – because I wasn't watching the game. So when I saw it, I go, this guy's going after LeBron. He's he's creating a chaotic scene. There's pe- He's pushing people over. I'm like, this guy's got to get his shit together. Like he's young. He's going after the, the the face of the league. But then when I watch the, the replay, and you just see how dirty that, that – LeBron made him bleed, for crying out loud. So I don't blame Isaiah Stewart for one second for wanting, for wanting to just beat the shit out of LeBron. It was one of those things where, like, Isaiah Stewart, like, reacted initially, and then once he saw blood or tasted blood or smelled blood – he kind of just like he just kind of like ramped up to like a whole nother level. And it was even crazy because he was like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And like every time they give him like five feet of space, be like, all right, you're good, he'd like charge again. It was it was insane. Everything he did was perfect in that situation. What like I said, when I first saw it initially, I thought, okay, this, this is a little too much. He's kind of being a little too overboard with his reaction but like i said when you watch that actual eye rake across the face from lebron and and then like you said once he ended up you saw him bleed and all that stuff i don't i don't i don't blame him for for reacting the way he did i would react to the same way and the thing is when you no you finished and then you got to give props too to Cade Cunningham, man, because uh, Cunningham went right over to him, and that's a guy who was telling him, like, trying to calm him down. He's a big man trying to keep him in check, and you know that's a guy right there who I, I was thinking he's he has some leadership tendencies. Well, he shows you why he was the number one pick in the draft. Um, no, I, I agree with you. It, it was, but it was also like I had the reaction of like, um, you know. I get you're mad. I get you're frustrated. Like, but LeBron wasn't trying to fight you. Like, LeBron wasn't like sitting there. Like, like I understand the initial being upset. I understand even the like secondary being upset. When you already walked down, like, it was like four or five times they tried to calm him down. Like at some point, like, grow up. You know, I know he's bleeding. I know he got hurt. I know he got hit. But at some point, it's like, dude, grow the f up. Like, let it go. You know, it wasn't like, no, I don't know what was said in that scuffle. I don't know if somebody insulted him or anything. But it was like, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm trying to say here? Like, no, I don't because I don't agree with that. I I absolutely don't agree with that because I think think he's going to do. What do you think he's going to do? Get through 15 people and beat the fuck out of LeBron? He wanted, he he wanted, he, listen, if, if LeBron's going to pull that shit on a guy like that, Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart's, he's, He's a guy who who will back it up. He's he's not scared to mix it up with anybody. But if you're if you're going if you're going to rake somebody in the face and then make them bleed, you can't blame if if that's his reaction. That's completely fine. I don't blame him for getting pissed off. I'd want to add his ass too. And LeBron better watch it because with all his hip injuries and groin injuries and 
all this other crap he's got going on. He's he's gonna get his ass kicked. There is there is a couple points there that I do agree with from what Mike said though. Like at no, fourth, stop it. At the fourth or fifth time you try oh, and stop. break through people, there has to be a part where you're like, all right, let me just wait till after. At least, well, like the way I, I was, Jimmy uh, you know what the one thing said, was, like wait you till know, after. The one thing I was happy about was. At least he had the wherewithal. Like, there was, like, a female trainer, like, trying to wipe blood off of him. At least he had the wherewithal not to, like, truck stick her to get to LeBron. He's like, all right, I'm good, I'm good, and went, like, around her. Because if he would have, like, lowered his shoulder like he was Miles Garrett coming around the, you know, left tackle like he did to everyone else and, like, ran over this, like, poor five foot three, hundred and seventy, not probably not even, 140-pound woman, like, it would have been, like, he would have been suspended like 15 games. Oh, yeah, probably. He but might I, even get released, to be honest with you. True. My, like, my other thing, though, that I hate about the LeBron side of this whole thing, A, how everyone's like, oh, he's not a dirty player. He did, Like, you didn't mean to, blah, blah, blah. First off, when you look at the video, you see him look at Isaiah Stewart and, cl- like, pretty much claw him. And second off... After the fact, when he was like, oh, I tried to hunt down like his number and text him that I didn't mean it. it you're LeBron James. If you really wanted to get his phone number, you would have gotten his phone number. Like, there's no way you, that you just would never have gotten it. LeBron has played with like half the players in the league at this point in his career. Exactly. You know, like the degrees of, you know, separation, Kevin Bacon. Like, LeBron knows somebody who knows Isaiah Stewart. And if he, you try to piece it together, like he probably uh, has Dwayne Casey's number. Probably, <laughs> like he he could have definitely gotten his number to apologize. So, like, don't give me that. Oh, I couldn't get his number, crap. Because that's that's uh, one of the most bogus excuses I've ever seen. Um, but I, I heard you guys talking about Kay Cunningham a little bit, and I know Mike definitely wants to talk to him because that's. That's the guy on his fantasy team now. But well, I was going to say, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's the difference between a guy like me and a guy like you two. All right. I don't blame Cade Cunningham or uh, Isaiah Stewart for wanting to go after him. And if he had to clear out six guys to get at him, I mean, LeBron giving, giving a guy a Ric Flair eye rake to the face was dirty. And then you make a bleed. How, how does he know that? He, he he that injury could have been worse. He could have messed his vision up. He could that could have cost him contracts, could have cost him games. You don't do that shit. And for LeBron to say that he tried to hunt his number down his phone number down to text him from one, he, Isaiah Stewart don't want to hear from you because he, the next time that he gets on the court, he, I'm watching that game because I cannot wait to see how nasty things get. But if you guys think that he wasn't justified to have that reaction. You guys are soft. No, but see, he is justified to have that reaction. I'm saying the fourth or fifth time that he's finally like, nope. all right, he I'm good. 12. And then 12. kept going. It was just like, dude, at this part, you're playing a feudal game. Like you might as well chill and just go to the locker room afterwards. You probably have better luck doing that. So that was my thing. I would have went after LeBron too after that. But I picked a chair up, holding <laughs> chair, a new Malice at the Palace. <laughs> I, I I like it though. 
I tell you, we talked about this last. Uh, was it you and I talking about it that one that one yeah. week? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that was one uh, the Jokic fight, and then and then two uh, Westbrooks. <laughs> oh yeah, trying to act like he's about to fight, but not going anywhere. Yeah, but he will fight though. Oh, he probably would. And I love him too when it comes to that shit. Like he's the best. Like that whole situation is just the best. I I rock hard when I see stuff like that because it just makes me so. <laughs> damn happy it's not even funny what were you gonna say mike i just wanted to bring out one other point on the lakers that i don't know if you guys noticed dwight howard is shooting a cool 72 percent from the three-point line this year on how many attempts point seven seven he's five of seven hey respect (laughs) um so let's get into Cade cunningham um I know Mike, like I was saying, I know Mike wants to talk about him because he's on his fantasy team now. As of right now, according to Bavada, he's second in terms of odds for rookie of the year, only behind Scotty Barnes. And he's so he's Scotty Barnes is plus 200. Cade Cunningham is plus 250. And Evan Mobley is plus 275. So according to the odds makers, Mike, your, your man Evan Mobley is third. But what do you think about Cade? Well, that's because Mobley got hurt. Um, the thing with Cade, now, I've watched a ton of Cade, like, over the last, you know, I watched him in college, but I've watched him even more now with Detroit. And he has a lot of the same qualities that I've noticed from a lot, like, I, I'm a Rutgers basketball season ticket holder, and we lost to Lafayette, I'm pissed off about it, but whatever. But I've seen a lot of good basketball players come through the Big East and the Big Ten in the last 20-some-odd years, right? And a lot of them... Now, not all. Now, some of them didn't pan out and become NBA stars, but they were. A lot of them were top ten, top twenty picks in the draft, and they all seem to have the same quality. And it's something that Cade has too. It's like they let the game come to him. He doesn't force things. Yeah, I know his shooting numbers haven't been well to start the season, but look who he's playing with. I mean, Jeremy Grant's good. Sadiq Bay is good. Isaiah Stewart's a good, like, pick-and-roll guy, but he's not a scorer. What? said he's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. Like, (laughs) he's not playing – like, he's not playing other than Jeremy Grant with another – there's many times where he kicks it out to a wide-open guy, brick. Or he, you know, kicks it to a cutter, blocked. Like, once they get some more talent around him, like, he's going to explode offensively. Uh, he, he doesn't. He, he plays at his own pace. He's. It's like it's like he's playing uh, my player mode in two K. Like he's just dominating. Like you know, he's not. You know, when we all play my player, we're putting up fifty five points a game, kind of thing. But he he's playing, finding open guys. He's not really like getting sped up. Yeah, here and there he'll get bumped around, sped up. But he's twenty years old. This guy looks. You know, maybe he doesn't reach the, the pinnacle that Luca's reached, where he's putting up like. 28, 11, and 7. But he looks pretty damn good. He looks to be, you know, cut from the same mold that Luca came from. And, you know, LeBron had the similar, was a similar type style player. Uh, let me, like, stat line type player. I don't want to say style because he's not LeBron. But LeBron's a guy who's like 25, 7, and 7 every night kind of thing. Cade, Cade can be a 25, 7, and 7 guy. In, in years to come when they get a little more talent around them, you know, and not throwing out uh, Corey Joseph and Trey Lyles as uh, guys in the corner to hit threes. Well, when you have uh, Kelly Olynyk's been out for the team, and when you have Kelly Olynyk, 
like a, a major part of your lineup, that's how you know your team is bad. The, the Pistons are awful. Um, <laughs> Dennis Dramas said it earlier. Dwayne Casey's going to be he's going to be done after this season. He he ain't coming back. Um, but we we knew the Pistons were going to suck. So I mean, they suck. No no surprise there. Um, but they're they're building. And Cade Cunningham is looking pretty damn good. However, I still just don't. I, I I'm not ready to give up on my man's yet, Scotty Barnes. So, and and we got to think too. Cade Cunningham is probably going to be more influential on the scoring end because there's nobody in Detroit who could score. But when you're Scotty Barnes, who can't shoot really to begin with, but then he's Pascal Siakam's back. Fred Van Vliet is back. Uh, you know, Gary Trent's been playing well while OG, you know, this whole situation in, in Toronto. So Cunningham's going to be, have more points, I think, at the end of the day. Same with Mobley. Um, but Scotty Barnes, when you look at him, he still looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he's definitely still number one in rookie of the year odds. So Scotty Barnes still looks great. And I I know I was saying like last week or the week before, I forget what it was, but Kate Cunningham at the time wasn't showing me anything that was like super special the way that everyone kept talking about him. Um, But he's definitely started to show me a whole lot more lately. Um, the, the other thing that I do like about Cade Cunningham is that he's showing a great amount of hustle. I feel like there's plenty of top five picks that have come out and have just kind of been like, oh, I'm I'm supposed to be so good. I'm this good that I don't need to do the hustle plays. I don't need to give you 150% every night because I'm that guy. I, I, I'll do whatever I want to do. But I've seen Cade getting on the floor, diving for loose balls, doing everything that winning basketball needs. But, of course, his team is just trash because Detroit is trash. Um, So uh, there's a lot of things with Cade that I really like so far. And this guy should definitely finish at the very least top three in Rookie of the Year race. But I agree with Dennis that I, right now I, I'm running with Scotty Barnes at the top right now. Yeah. I don't know though. I think it's gonna, I think from the way Kate is playing right now and I think just everybody's in love with him. I just think he's going to end up rolling, running away with the rookie of the year award. Um, Scotty Barnes though. I, I just, I absolutely just, it bothers me that people are making this comparison to Kate Cunningham to just, they're they're just because Kate they're in the rookie of the year race doesn't mean that Kate Cunningham is is more valuable than a Scotty Barnes is going to be like they're completely two different players yes they're both rookies they're lumped into each other but both are playing pretty damn well and just because Kate Cunningham might be playing better doesn't mean that Scotty Barnes hasn't been playing well it doesn't mean that Jack Giddy's not playing well it doesn't it doesn't mean anything so. I mean, really, at the end of the day, um, all these guys have played pretty damn well. So we got to be happy with just overall. Scotty Bards, too, he had so much uh, when Toronto took him in over others and people were, 
you just got to be pleased with the play that all these guys have been at this season. Right. Completely agree. So uh, speaking of pleased with the play, we talked about the other week how Jason Tatum wasn't looking that great. But Jason Tatum has started to look a little more like Jason Tatum. And as of right now, according to Bavada, he has higher odds to win MVP than LeBron James, than Damian Lillard, than Trey Young, than Zach Levine. He's at plus 5,000 right now. The people directly ahead of him are like James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, those guys. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a lot better to see Jason Tatum playing this way, but uh, what do you guys think? Is it kind of too little, too late? I know Dennis gave us a pretty good trade in our group chat about trading off Jalen Brown for uh, Bradley Beal. But uh, I don't know. R- right now, like Jason Tatum still looks good, but the Celtics themselves still pretty shaky. Well, the Celtics actually are on a three-game winning streak as, as we speak. Um, they, I think they've won six of eight, actually. They, they've actually gotten hot recently. They're currently the sixth seed. I don't think it's too little too late. And, and the trade that Dennis proposed to us earlier, which I, I will read it off at right here, um, was – Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, Ennis Cantor, which equals $55.2 million. For Bradley Beal, Dinwiddie, and Roy Hachimura, which equals $55.7. And then in addition, Wizards would also get 22 and 23 first-round picks. Now, the Stepien rule doesn't allow that to happen, um, so it would have to be 22 slot. and 24 or 23 and 25. But, um, you know. I think, it, I think they can do it. I think no, it can't be back. You can't trade your own pick back-to-back years. You could do it in the same trade. Only you could do a pick swap. You could do so a pick that, swap. So, so that's that why when the Nets made a trade, it was like 21, 23, 25, 27, and then fill in the other years of pick swaps yeah. because you can't trade your own pick. We're going to have to – we'll save this one for off the <laughs> – Anyway, two first Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Fillers – for Bradley Beal and Dinwiddie to me, and Hachimura, who who knows what's going on with him, I don't think that's a terrible offer. And it kind of fits what the Wizards are doing, where they're all just like a bunch of middle-of-the-road players. Obviously, Bradley Beal's a star. Jalen Brown's a star. But you put Tatum with Beal, you get Dinwiddie. Ooh, I would love Dinwiddie over Marcus Smart. That gets you more offense. You already have the defensive pieces with guys like Robert Williams, guys – um, well, Smart was one of their defense pieces, but Robert Williams is a good defensive player. Dinwiddie's not a bad defensive player. Beal's not a bad defensive player. I, I that that's a trade that makes sense to me. I, will it happen? Who knows? If it does happen, tip a what's the what's the thing you like to say? Uh, another tip in the cap for a dentist or a feather in the cap or whatever. That's right. <laughs> I will I will say just real quick that the starting five of Dinwiddie. Beal, Tatum, Rui, and Robert Williams. That sounds really nice. It does. And I was even kind of messing around too. Maybe Kyle Kuzma, if Kyle Kuzma could. I would not trade for Kyle Kuzma after I saw that. That I was exactly going to say that. (laughs) And I literally thought of that too. While I was looking at those, uh, I go, I wouldn't trade for a guy that wore a sweater like that. I mean, what is he doing? First off, he's like what six foot nine, six foot ten. That sweater had to be like quadruple XL to go that far past his arms and everything. 
That's going to be the sweater I'm going to need after Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, that's that was terrible. My joke? I thought that was pretty good. No, but the sweater. <laughs> oh, the sweater. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. The NBA play. The, the, one of the things in the league that pisses me off, right, is I, I hate when guys dress like morons, right? And that fit the bill. And then two on draft night. If I could just see a guy wear just a regular damn suit, that would be phenomenal. Not and and I'm talking about like, can we get pants that are like proper length and not like like when I was back in school, like kids would get picked on for that shit because they'd be high high waters. Oh yeah. And now everybody's doing it. They're like capris. Yep. I digress. So, anyways, everybody's getting let me slow down for a second because I'm still pissed off about that sweater and how ridiculous he looked. <laughs> but everybody's talking about you know the the Celtics are playing so much better but like let's let's take into account here all right they beat the Raptors okay they the Bucks I believe when we talked about that the Bucks on that night didn't have Middleton I think Giannis wasn't playing then they lost to the Cavs but then they beat the Cavs on that second of a back-to-back but the Cavs were also shorthanded they beat the Hawks who've been playing like dog shit the Lakers, they beat the Lakers, who didn't have LeBron. Then they beat the Thunder. They beat the Rockets. So, like, let's not overreact here about the the, the Celtics' True. recent surge. Like, that they're that good of a team because they're still, they still kind of suck. Actually, they do suck. And I'm not convinced that they're, you know, getting back to where they need to be because they, they, they're garbage. All right. So, when you look at the stats, though, Jason Tatum is playing a lot better without Jalen Brown. So if I were somebody looking at that situation, I go, "Holy shit!" Like these, like Tatum's playing. She's shooting better. He scores more. What's scoring more is like that's that's going to happen. Obviously, when you take your top scorer off the court, but just overall, he's playing better. So I would seriously contemplate making that move. You get Dinwiddie, which solves your distribution problems by far. Because Dinwiddie's one of the best damn players in the league. It's great. I love Dinwiddie. Um, <laughs> I was on the Dinwiddie train first, just so you know. You've taken a lot of tr- trains, I'm sure. So <clears throat> Dinwiddie's fantastic. Bradley Beal would be fantastic. And I think a change of location might help Rui, who is a good player. It That might help him out a lot. So if I... You know, it would be a couple months before this type of thing could happen with restrictions and signings and all that other type of stuff. But once it had, if that, if that trade was something that could happen, I would immediately, absolutely, I would make that trade. Yeah. I mean, I would too, especially with the prospects that you get there. I mean, like, it's like Bradley Beal's still pretty young. I mean, uh, Dinwiddie's young, Rui's very young, so you got a lot of prospects and potential in that that kind of deal. So that would be something that if I was the Celtics, I'd be jumping on that immediately. Um, and right now, according to Bavada, they're only at minus two hundred to even make the playoffs. So that could teeter either way pretty quickly, whether they go on another losing streak or whether they make a trade or or whatever it may be that could very well go that could dive or it could start to, to jump up either way. Um, 
And just real quick to your point about Jalen and, and Jason Tatum playing together, it's kind of like usually like with a guy like Jason Tatum, you need more catch and shoot players. Jalen Brown can shoot, but he's not exactly a catch and shoot kind of guy. He really has been more of a dominate the ball. Let me make my move. Let me get a bucket kind of guy. He, he, kind of seemed to be more of a catch-and-shoot player because that's what they made him do when he was a little bit younger, but now he's progressed past that. And with Bradley Beal, he can still go get his own bucket if he wants to, but he's one of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the entire league because that's a superstar kind of catch-and-shoot guy. So they just and, fit <clears throat> Excuse me. And plus uh, a guy like Tatum would certainly – or uh, a guy like Beal would certainly help with Tatum's development. I think having him – on the same team as a guy like Bradley Beal, who's proven to be one of the best players in the league when he's playing, that that would make a significant difference. I think if if you, you both teams have to seriously contemplate whether they're going to make this a move, something like that to happen, um, because the Wizards were playing well, but now we're starting to see exactly they're starting to you know, to come back down to earth, which is what we expected to happen. Right. And by the way, we were talking about uh, which team was better, the Hornets or the Wizards. And I said, I can't believe we're even having this conversation because there's no way in hell that these two teams should be lumped into each other because the Hornets are a way better team. And just as I said, the Hornets have been uh, owning the Wizards as of late every time they played so that settles that argument too <laughs> this is true I, I will give you that one this is true um so one other thing that i wanted to bring up uh luke walton fired in sacramento so i don't about, I don't about damn time i don't remember who it said was their interim coach. alvin gentry Oh, Alvin Gentry. Okay. Um, but right now, Sacramento, I mean, they're plus 25,000 in championship odds. The only teams that they're above are like the really tanking teams. He's pissed that Luke Walton got fired. He's like, why are you guys even talking about Sacramento? Um, but the other thing is De'Aaron Fox isn't even playing as well as he usually is. So, like, what is your guys' thoughts about Sacramento right now? I mean, obviously the coach isn't the only issue. So what can they do to actually turn things around? The weird thing is I looked at, like, a, I saw, like, a um, like a graphic. Luke Walton was one of, like, the win winningest coaches, like, in percentage-wise, like, win percentage-wise for Sacramento. Like, out of their last, like, I don't know, like, 15 coaches or something. That's just sad. <laughs> yeah. But – it's the front office. The front office, you know, makes bad decision after bad decision. And um, it's, you know, is, is Luke Walton a great coach? No, probably not. He he had that, like, 24-game or whatever it was, 20-game win streak with, with uh, the 73-9 and nine Warriors when he was filling in for Steve Kerr. And since then, like, you know, he's not a great coach. He's He probably needs to be on somebody else's staff again. But it's also not all his fault. It's part of the ownership fault, part of the front office fault. They're not making the right picks. Bagley hasn't worked out. Um, Fox has been fine. Halberton's been fine. But, like, they're, they're just – those two guys can't win games by themselves. They're not, they're not that level of player. Well, I said that too all along. When you look at uh... – Luke Walton over the years, when he got another opportunity to be a head coach in the league, I said, 
for one, you got to be shitting me because this guy's not a good coach. When you think of all the coaches that Sacramento has had over the years, uh, he's certainly not the answer. His coaching record is not good. Anybody could be the coach of the Warriors that time when he was the coach and be just as successful. So they hopefully Alva Gentry, who isn't, he isn't a great coach, but he's a lot better than Luke Walton is, and he did some good things in New Orleans where they were at least competitive for playoff spots and things like that. Um, hopefully he figures things get things out. Uh, Halliburton's playing really, really well, which I think when it comes to De'Aaron Fox's regression on the offensive end, I think we can attribute some of that to how well uh, Halliburton's been playing this season. Rashawn Holmes is playing good. They didn't look good against the Sixers last night. I, w- I actually watched pretty much the entire game. They were in it for a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I think the Kings are they still have a good upside. I think they, they have a lot of talented players on the roster. Buddy Heels talented, like Davion Mitchell's good. Like I think we're gonna that's a team that's still in the running to to make a, a playoff run. I mean, they have a lot of good talent. They have pieces. It's a matter of fitting them all together, and Luke Walton's definitely not the guy to do that. I mean, we watched him also with the Lakers with a lot of pretty good young pieces that they didn't couldn't put anything together with either, and they couldn't even improve anybody. And then on top of that with the Kings, it's just like you could probably sw- swing like Buddy Heald and even – I mean, if they really want to, I wouldn't trade De'Aaron Fox, but if they really want to, they could probably get a pretty good piece in return for De'Aaron Fox too. So there's still moves that they can make and still make this team something respectable. So they got a lot that they can work with. It's it's It was interesting to me, though, that uh, May 2 didn't, didn't see the floor and instead Marvin uh, Bagley the third got some run against the Sixers. So that that's interesting there to me uh, now that we have a new head coach, new interim head coach, how that situation is going to play out. And is Bagley finally going to start playing up to a semi-competitive level? Is he actually going to be the player who some thought he was going to be? I True. mean, it, it's, a, it's interesting to see how things are going to play out in Sacramento. Agreed. Um, well, I don't have anything left on the topic list, but I mean, if there's anything I'm you hungry. guys, <laughs> I got a meatball okay. sub waiting for me <laughs> and, I, and I got to get this dog walking because it's, he's freaking out. You gotta take that thing to the vet or something. That's not... <laughs> I'm telling you the moment my girlfriend leaves, whether he's locked in a room or not, he is just sad the whole time. I, we know who the favorite is. <laughs> Well, usually when, you know, usually when my, my wife leaves, you know, I've, you, you should be happy. That's party time. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's guy time. It's guy time, and he's ruining <laughs> it. <laughs> but that's it for us. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast in the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. If you haven't already, drop a subscribe below if you're watching on YouTube. If not, drop a rating and review. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.